Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Welcome back to the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. He's the expert and I'm just here to brighten things up for you. Isn't that right? <laughs> Raise the average age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole shebang is brought to you with our friends from thatleisureshop.com. Welcome along. Uh, thanks for listening and watching and downloading uh, all our information. We couldn't do it without you. Today's episode is called Who is Alan Rogers Anyway? It's like a guidebook that's been around forever. Who Who is Alan Rogers? Exactly. So I asked the question, but we'll come back to that, shall we? Yeah, let's uh, dive into the news first of all, uh, shall we? You've been talking uh, to a lovely lady uh, called <laughs> Victoria Chadwick, haven't you? She, the lovely Victoria. So Victoria's from M5 Leisure. They're just up the road from us, and they're another motorhome hire and sales business. And we lovingly refer business to each other. It's great, and I love a collaboration. At the recent February show, the Caravan Camping and Motem show, at the NEC, I bumped into Victoria and just asked her for her comment on how the industry's been looking this year. It's been slow to start off with but I think going through the year that we're going to get a lot better the bookings are coming in summer's packed out but this yeah, is for motorhome hire motorhome isn't it? Yeah. Hire, yeah equally it's been a slow year for the service side as well we started off really slowly but it's really picking up now we were going kind of day by day bookings for the service center and we're now kind of a week week and a half in advance so a lot better so why do you think it was slow to start with then a lot of things really got people worrying about the economic crisis and worrying about um, spending money the cost of living crisis that's been bombarded with our media aren't we but you say that for hire the diary is looking really full this year yeah yeah, absolutely Um, certainly the latter part of the year hopefully yeah it'll pick up that's brilliant well we love working with you you're like our neighbours up the road and uh, we do collaborate a lot don't we and we feed business and inquiries to each other Um, so we must keep on top of what we've got in stock and availability and then we can help each other's customers as well Victoria thank you so much so that was Victoria Chadwick from M5 Leisure and haven't you been appearing on the BBC, Matt? A real radio. <laughs> oh. Well, I say that. Radio Bristol. Uh, what were you talking about? Well, the lovely John Darvel is a local radio presenter, and they were talking English Tourism Week, and they invited me to come on and give a few opinions. Uh, Motorhome Matt is in Blagden. Hi, hi Matt. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, John. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much indeed. What are we, two and a half weeks away from caravan season now? Um, uh, well, yeah, we're in it. it. I'd say we're in it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, just left, I just left the Yorkshire Motorhome Show. We're driving back. I'm sat in a pub car park in Harrogate talking to you this morning in a motorhome. Are you really? Are you yeah. really? You see, you see, as you well know, Matt, um, if, if I ruled the world, you'd be doing that between midnight and five in the morning. Um, Thank you. That's OK. You'd still get there nice and early to get the old girl you're, set up. But, you um, will catch me in the outside lane coming home. Don't you worry, John. <laughs> in all seriousness, no, I mean, Tourism Week this week, is it's, it's a big point, isn't it, to the fact that to go away normally involves um, sitting in a shopping mall where a plane takes off from it. Uh, for hours on end and long journeys where of course we've got some beautiful parts of our world which are really yeah. quite accessible from where we are right now absolutely yeah you don't need to go very far at all do you we're very fortunate where we live i mean i, I live on the mendips 
and wow. uh, in Blagden, just above Bowington Coombe. And it's stunning up there. Our views are incredible. And we wake up feeling like we're on holiday every day. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so from your point of view, we saw a lot of domestic tourism, obviously 2021, 2022. How, mm. is, it, how is it holding up now, now that you well, know, things are normal, whatever normal is? Yeah, the new normal. So we have mm. a motorhome hire business that had its best year ever in 2020. We spoke about this before. Yes, we did, remember. yeah. yeah. Uh, and last year, 22, nowhere near as good. It was a really odd year. I think people were going on holidays that they paid for a year or two before. Mm. Uh, in fact, we had people going on holiday with us. They hired a motorhome. They paid for it two, even three years earlier. Uh, but you know, most of those are now you know, flushed through, as it were. Yeah. What's really interesting... I, is the number of people that are booking with us, it's over 90% who've never used a motorhome before. And it's the first endeavour into this amazing pastime. And it, 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 I thought we flushed them all out after COVID, but no. <laughs> and even this weekend at the Yorkshire Motorhome Show, that everyone was commenting, the trailers were all saying the number of people that were just starting out looking at motorhomes or camper vans uh, for the first time was was really quite surprising. I'm really encouraged by that. What's what's driving that, Matt? Because you know when you can't go abroad, or it's down to vaccination and who knows what's going on in another country. It's that there are so many variables. Therefore, I'll stay and uh, have a holiday in the UK. It sort of makes sense, but those yeah. days are gone. So what's driving this ninety percent increase in people giving you to go for the first time? Uh, well, I think there's a huge renaissance for a passion for this country. People discovered it, some for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, during lockdown when they couldn't go somewhere else. Uh, and I think people have gone, you know, did, have gone back to that. And I mean, after every recession, and let's call the pandemic a recession, if you like, yeah. there's always a boom in British tourism. That's well documented. And I think we're seeing that again now uh, as people want to go and discover the UK. And, you know, travelling by airplane is not everyone's cup of tea. No. Uh, and, and I think there's a, an also an appetite for people who want to do a bit of both. You know, they want to take a, a holiday in Costa del whatnot, but mm. at the same time they want to go and explore our region or the other corners of the country because there is so much to see. Is it cheaper? Because, I mean, obviously I know there's a lot of cost pressure at the moment. Uh, you know, anybody who hasn't been hit uh, by what has happened, um, well, since the end of 2021 into 2022 and 2023, uh, it, it, it would be a miracle. Is it, you know, pro rata cheaper to go away as a couple in a motorhome? I think it depends how you do it. I mean, yeah. hiring a motorhome home isn't a cheap holiday. Right. And then, of course, you've got fuel, food, campsites. It really does depend how and when you do it. Mm. Uh, it can be cheaper, certainly. Uh, I found last year booking a holiday with my kids for a week somewhere was going to cost several thousand pounds in just you know a Spanish resort. Yeah. Uh, that would be more expensive than for us going away in a motorhome. Obviously, we own one, yes. um, so we've we've not got the cost of hiring it. But a motel holiday is certainly not an expensive option. Um, the cheapest option is camping, of course. It's incredibly affordable, but not everybody wants to, you know, necessarily sleep under canvas. Uh, and people want home luxuries of flushing loos and showers and hot water. And I mean, in the motel, I'm sat talking to you, and it's even got underfloor heating. 
um, yeah, we woke up this morning and our feet were warm. Uh, and just as well, because it's freezing cold and pouring <laughs> rain up here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, see, that's, I mean, that, there you're being beautifully honest. And I said, well, I love always talking with you, Matt. It, is that there, there are, you know, you don't buy the weather in the UK, do you? That's no, what you buy no. when you go to that Spanish resort. It is is you, yeah. buy, you buy the weather, you buy the pool. Um, yeah. you, and you, almost guaranteed, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Depend, yeah, if you're going to, you know, a Spanish resort, you are probably going to get lovely weather. But our summers are getting longer and hotter. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a side effect of global warming? I don't know. I mean, for me, I always say it's about the right clothes. Um, it's not yes. the wrong weather. It's the wrong clothes. And, you know, there is so much you can do in this country. And we, when the weather's really wet and cold, it can be more expensive, particularly if you've got kids with you, because you end up you know, spending money on doing stuff indoors. Yeah, very um, true. That's, very true. That's the problem, isn't it? Well, I'll let you. I'll let you wend your way home, uh, so you can get Thank home you. nice and early. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> motorhome, Matt and Blagden. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you, Thanks, Matt. John. Well, you were sounding mighty confident there. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> Sat in a motorhome in a pub car park just outside York. We were. We literally were in a motorhome on our way back from the Harrogate show, and we got the phone call. Are you free to come on in twenty minutes? So, right, okay, we better stop. Found a pub, grabbed a coffee, and uh, and I sat there enjoying my coffee. I had a good chat with John. It was great. Did you empty your cassette before the interview? It is the BBC, after all. We'd emptied it before we left the campsite. <laughs> <laughs> In a sewer as well, correctly, I should add. OK, then, Matt, and let's get into the meat of it, shall we? Indeed, yeah. Alan Rogers. Who is he? Who was he? Alan Rogers. Never heard of him. Should <laughs> have I have done? Haven't you? No. You see, there's a really popular guidebook called the Alan Rogers Guide. I spoke to a guy called Rob at the NEC show in February. And Rob is stood on the Alan Rogers stand at all of the shows. You go to them all and there he is, keenly giving out their free Destinations magazine and trying to entice people onto the stand with his cheesy grin and his loving eyes. <laughs> and everybody thinks he's Alan. <laughs> and yeah, people, I'm sure people say, hello, Alan, how are you? <laughs> so I asked him, who is Alan Rogers anyway? So Alan started out the business in 1968. He was a pioneer in the camping industry. Back then, uh, campsites throughout Europe were not quite as slick and polished as they are today. And he was very influential in changing the, the way that campsites marketed themselves and, and the facilities that they had available. Alan was frustrated, wasn't he, with the kind of quality and calibre of the information out there on campsites. This is pre-the internet. And basically wrote a guidebook, didn't he, on campsites across... Was it just the UK initially? No, no. The first guidebook had between 50 and 60 campsites in it, primarily France, but also a little bit of Spain, Germany and Italy. But nothing in the UK at that time when they did the first one. From then, it's grown from that initial 50 or so. uh, We've got now about 11,000 campsites on our database, of which 8,000 we deem are of sufficient quality to be published on our website. From the 8,000 every year, we inspect about five or 600. We've got a team of assessors that go out on the road and do that. Um, there's about 30 of those. Um, they've each got their own patch throughout Europe. We've got some roving reporters as well. And then from that 500, we select the best 400 sites in that guide. So every year it's a different selection. And we market it very much as a selection rather than an all-encompassing guide. Yeah, a definitive list, yeah. Absolutely. So the people that do the assessment then, these are friends of mine do it they're retired and they're off all the time <laughs> they are yeah they're, they're generally ex-professionals quite often they're either teachers or police and they've got time on their hands they're generally retired 
they just love being out on the road wearing this badge which they're very proud of and they like to get out on the campsites you know throughout the year and so if people want to do that can they get paid for doing that yeah, there is a small uh, a small commission per site, but we don't pay fuel expenses given the current crisis yeah. and the cost of producing the thing. They get paid for the site, and quite often they'll get the campsite owners they they know and have worked with us for you know fifty plus years. So quite often they'll offer them a free pitch and and a meal in the restaurant that sort of thing. So yeah. the perks on top of the yeah, yeah, the yeah. pittance that I pay them is uh, is well worth it. And it's kind of a free holiday almost, isn't it? Basically, yeah. 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 Amazing. Brilliant. So the guide itself, how much does it cost? So it's 15 quid normally, retail price. Uh, we always do a show offer. And generally we sell this year's edition, which comes out in February, alongside last year's edition. So the reason being every guide we've inspected a different 500 sites so we always include last year so we do we do a bulk deal on on both guides and then you get around 800 campsite reviews and what kind of information is there on each campsite shall i show you one yeah go on let's grab one it is a big book the way that the guide works is we have this color code down the side and then inside the front cover is the map which shows you all the the countries that we cover as you can see from the side France is the biggest section. Then we've given the pandemic, the uh, green section, Britain and Ireland, is a bigger section than we normally produce. And then France, Spain and Portugal is, uh, is also a big section. So for those listening, we've got coloured stripes down the outer edge of we've the book, haven't we? And you, I guess you learn what colour <laughs> is which country. Yeah, quite rapidly you can pick up on that. Yeah. And at the back of the book, we have uh, some maps. And as you can see, Matt, we always give a good geographic spread in every country. So we've always got something in the north, south, east and west, uh, if there are any islands. So if I show you the France section, you'll see that we've got things out on Corsica. Same, The same goes for the Spanish islands, certainly in the Med, not so much out to the uh, Canaries, unfortunately. My budget doesn't quite stretch to a holiday over there every year. Once the user's found the campsite Alan Rogers number, we direct them to the index where they can find the page. On the page, you've got a number of images, a review and a description of the facilities. You've also got the opening dates, number of pictures. A lot of our customers prefer smaller campsites rather than the larger commercial ones, so we always give them a flavour of that, which, again, you get from the photographs. Uh, there are all the contact details and as you can see there's a QR code so that allows them to scan that so if it's the area that they're looking for but maybe it's not quite the right site or maybe it's fully booked the week they want to go then on the website they get an extended review they get video they get more images and they also get a list of nearby alternate sites that again we've inspected within the last three years. It's in paper form but it's all online as well is it? It's all online as well as being in paper form but what we found with the demographic that we target which tends to be the older traveller they like having the, yeah. the security of not and knowing that they've got this paper yeah. format to fall back on yeah. have that in the glove box in the van sometimes they might not be quite as confident on the internet so it's it's good to have that as a it's also a lovely way to plan your next stop isn't it with a book over a coffee absolutely or a glass of wine yeah Yeah, rather than trawling on the internet it's it's much nicer in a book we've gone for this larger format historically the alan rogers guide was a selection rather than all-encompassing we went through a phase in the 90s of trying to get absolutely every campsite in obviously that meant smaller print no photographs 
30 campsites to a double page spread yeah. and we moved back to that original ethos that Alan set up of it being a selection you know we try and pitch ourselves as the Michelin guide to campsites rather than the all-encompassing it wasn't an enticing read then I can tell you having owned it <laughs> no it certainly wasn't it's much prettier now I have to it, say yeah. The book is on offer at the shows, £12, £14.99 normally. Is the web access free? Web access is free, yeah. But obviously, given that there's 8,000 campsites on there, it can sometimes be a little bit overfacing having that, that amount of data to look through. So the book is a selection of that, and it gives you our recommended sites rather than, hey, here's 8,000 campsites that you can look through, which you know can be a bit intimidating, that level of yeah, data. Of yeah. How do you know where to, how do you know where to start when you've got so many? So where can people find out more? Obviously at the shows you've usually always got a stand. Certainly at these shows. Are you at any other shows this year? Uh, we're at the Caravan and Motorhome Clubs Clubfest. Um, that's the Maybank holiday. Um, we also do, the, as you say, the October and the February shows. Yeah. Uh, it's also available online at alanrogers.com and it's also available through Amazon. Just search for Alan Rogers Travel Guide. And it's worth mentioning that Alan Rogers is actually now owned by the Caravan Motorhome Club. Yeah, the club acquired Alan Rogers in 2012. So we're just over 10 years ago and they, we're generally still independent. We report our financial position every quarter, but other than that, we, they, they've been very generous and still allow us to operate entirely independently. We represent a number of campsites throughout Europe in terms of marketing. So, of course, this is supported by some advertising, which we've got on the back. There are adverts throughout the book, but we also represent the club throughout Europe, selling their advertising into their, some of their publications. You offer tours as well. So in 2019, you launched your worldwide tours. That was bad timing, wasn't it? Wasn't the best. <laughs> so in 2020, it all turned well, up. Wait, wait a second, it's much worse than that. We had actually started the worldwide tours a little bit earlier than that on behalf of the club. We were up to bonded prior to our acquisition by the club. So we, we had that assurance of being able to offer packet, you know, secure package holidays. We started providing the worldwide product for the club about 2017 and then we launched it as a as a public product in 2019 to non-members uh, yeah so not ideal timing no. and then just before the pandemic we also started operating in Australia so we started a business in Australia doing the reverse offering holidays for Australians and New Zealanders coming over to the UK so even worse than your original <laughs> assumption but we've managed to actually support that throughout the pandemic and actually we're in a really good position in terms of forward bookings for 2023. A lot of our tours are already sold out so if you're thinking about booking one of our long haul to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Southern Africa or USA then you need to think about doing that sharpish yeah um, and if anyone in australia or new zealand's thinking about booking over to come to the uk or to europe then those are filling up fast as well so brilliant you're global we are absolutely global yeah, yeah. we've got alan rogers australia and we're just in the process of opening an office in new zealand amazing it's great to hear of your continued growth. Alan would be very proud, Rob. Sure, he really would. I'm sure he would, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't touched on rallies as well, which no. is our, our other product, which is closed user groups generally. So it's caravan motorhome club centres or owners groups. We do a lot with people like Bailey, Auto Trail, Land Rover Owners Club, and various other special interest groups, which I'm going to talk about in a second. So yeah, we do rallies for those. They're, um, they can often be single centre or they can be multi-centre and we provide 
ferry crossings, accommodation, pitch accommodation and, and excursions. So come on then, I know you're desperate to tell us about this. So the specialist product that Keep I your clothes on. I will do, is something that we did in conjunction with British Naturism, who've also got a stand here this they week. Have, yeah. And you'd be surprised to know that outside, if you're listening to this, you, you, you're fortunate that you can't see this, but if you're looking, then... This the ba- is, the this back is, cover uh, of the book yeah, is definitely worth having a, a look at. Naturism. There's a little bit of naturism on there. Yeah, you're Lots of bare bottoms. You'd be surprised to know that actually outside of... France, Spain and Britain, outside of those, it's the most searched for type of camping on really? our website. Yeah. So p- people look for France, they look for Spain, they look for Britain and Ireland campsites, then they look for naturist campsites. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we spotted a gap in the market <laughs> and we decided to fill it with this. And you're all over it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Thank you very much for sharing a bit more about who on earth is Adam Rogers anyway. No problem. Thank you very much. So there you are. If you fancy a naked holiday... Are you offering? No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's smooth talking. <laughs> no, I'm not offering. Please. If you're a naturist with a gap in your market, he can fill it for you, okay? That's what Poor Matt Rob. said. That's what Matt said. Bless Rob. <laughs> Honestly, he's lovely. All right, then. Um, let's dive into our audience Q&A for this week, shall we? First of all, Stuart's been in touch. Hello, Matt. Really enjoying your podcast. Very interesting. Thank you. Just one thing to mention, uh, mains hookup leads on campsites. Some people are unwinding them totally. If you leave them wound up tight, they can overheat and cause fires. Don't know whether people are not aware of this, but it's something to mention. Induction. It's got an eddy current. Did you know that? Yeah. It is. Physics at school. Stuart's quite right. If you leave that mains cable coiled up on the drum, it will get hot. And every year there's a picture somewhere being posted of another electric hookup cable catching fire. And obviously that's on the ground under your caravan or your motorhome. That could end in disaster. My advice is I hate the drums. We sell them in the shop. I really would rather we didn't. I think they're dangerous. They're a great way of keeping the cable tidy. I get that. But you must take it off the drum and just throw the cable in figures of eight or in a big messy pile under the van where an eddy current can't occur. Yeah, because people don't see the electromagnetic field that is produced. Uh, okay, Amy's in Christchurch. Is that New Zealand or is that the UK Christchurch? I'm hoping. I, it must be Dorset. Lisa, I think it was New Zealand. I bet it's Christchurch, Dorset. Thanks, Amy. Here's your question. We've really been enjoying your podcast and have learned so much already. We're a family of four with a two and a half and a four and a half year old looking to buy our first motorhome very soon as we want to leave in just two months to travel Europe for eight weeks. We know the layout we want and have found a few that meet our needs. Our budget's around £50,000. But one of these is a private seller who hasn't had a habitation check yet, which will slow down the purchase. The other two are Category N vehicles, which have been fixed and are being sold at a dealer. Only one comes with a three-month warranty, so we'd have to buy an extended warranty. Mm -hmm. So that's the background. The question is, buying a Category N a terrible idea or a big risk if we need to sell in the future? A bit of detail here. It's a Bavaria i650. Very nice. One of them hasn't had a habitation check yet. That's the first alarm bell. Go and get it done. It will slow down the sale, sure. Put a deposit on it. 
and agree with the seller that if everything's okay, you're going to proceed. And if there's any reason you're not going to, they will refund you. You'd have to have some kind of written agreement with the seller. A dealer will have to refund you on a deposit. That would be perfectly reasonable they would do that. Interesting, there's a dealer with two Category N vehicles for sale. They obviously are buying them up. They're not that common, really. Category N means it's had non-structural damage and has been an insurance write-off. So it wasn't viable for the insurance company to repair it. If it's 50K... It must have been pretty bad damage. The really important thing here is to understand what was the damage and how was it repaired. Get photographs, get the report. You really need to pull a case file together. That's going to help you when you come to sell it. The question is, is it a terrible idea or a big risk? No, not necessarily, but it could be if you don't get all the facts together. I actually went to Caravan Guard. Uh, the insurance company we spoke to just a week or so ago, and you can hear that podcast uh, where we interview them about specialist insurance and ask them for their take on insuring a Category N vehicle. A warning bell was that it could be worth less than the market value. So you know, you're looking, uh, Amy, at £50,000 vehicles. How much is this one as a Category N? Presumably it's carrying a lower price tag. An insurance company may not insure it for the full normal market value and they say as well make sure you get all relevant paperwork and recent photographs and also they went on to say if satisfactory repairs have been completed backed up by a full report from the repairer or a motor engineer then they would consider insuring it they, they all jason kindly went on jason is their policy maker at caravan guard they expanded quite a bit further and you can read that on our on our show notes for this episode at our website motorhomemat.co.uk but they went on to say if a customer did own a category n motorhome they'd be better off to call us for a quote so we can take all the details so go and check out caravan guard if that's you and you own a category n or are thinking of buying one amy i would definitely do some more research into this make sure the seller has got all of the photographs and the report of the repairs. I mean, what was carried out? Was it done to a a, a particularly good standard and relevant standard? And then I would talk to an insurer first before you take the plunge and pay the deposit. And remember, because it's a write-off doesn't mean to say it's completely unserviceable. It's just the insurance company made the judgment that making the repairs was uneconomic. Yeah, and things like hail can cause a write-off. I've seen hailstones, which are bigger than golf balls, land on motorhomes. I've been presented with them to repair, covered in dents. All the roof lights broken, satellite dish dented, bonnet covered in dents windscreen smashed just from a hailstorm Uh, and it can write a vehicle off because it's deemed not viable to repair that would probably be deemed then a category n if repaired and represented to the market and amy's gone on to ask a second question we wondered if you thought 500 kilograms would be enough payload for us that's four of them bikes fuel water all the usual stuff or is that cutting it a bit fine well fuel is normally included in the net vehicle the base vehicle weight so it wouldn't be part of the payload i would suggest weigh yourselves and weigh all your stuff and work out does that fit within 500 kilos that would be a sensible start i would honestly give some time and consideration to working out what this stuff weighs that you want to take with you the kids are young so they're still small so they're not going to weigh very much calculate and tot everything up 
and work out scientifically is 500 kilos enough. It could well be. That's a reasonable payload by today's standards. The other thing to bear in mind, if you go overweight, you're breaking the law, possibly uninsured. If you uprate the motorhome, have you got a C1? You don't say. So can you drive over three and a half tonnes? Presumably you can't. So you are capped at three and a half tonnes. So really important to stay safe and stay the right side of the rules. There you go. Well, that's the podcast for this week, Matt. What do people need to do? They First of all, go on YouTube uh, and, and look at some of the uh, videos that you've put up, which expand on some of the stuff we talk about here in the podcast. You yeah. can deep dive, can't you, into, into subjects uh, by using the video there. Lots of topics. So we've been doing lots of interviews with people where we put the full interview on YouTube and then we just take snippets for the podcast. You'll find us on YouTube at Motorhome Matt. You can find out more on our own website at motorhomematt.com. UK, where you'll also find links to Facebook and Instagram as well. Remember, if you're on YouTube, hit the little bell and hit the subscribe. And if you want to ask us a question, we would love to hear it. You can do that on our website at motorhomemat.co.uk forward slash askmat. Hit the orange button and record your question. Tell us where you are, ask away, or you can fill out the form if you're too shy to speak to us. And please, if you are listening on Apple or Spotify, then leave us a five-star review. It really helps the algorithm. Do we know what that is yet? Albert Garitham. <laughs> Albert's Garitham. He's, he's very happy that you mentioned him every week. Is he friends with Alan Rogers? <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. Thank you.